This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Nutrient Smart Nutrition MAP plus MST is engineered with patented micronized sulfur technology to refuel your soil for maximum yields. Learn how to tune up your soil at smartnutritionmst.com. Hi, my name is Alex Bernard, editor for Top Crop Manager East, and today I'm speaking with Chris Brown, the OMAFRA Field Crop Sustainability Specialist. Thanks for joining me, Chris. Nice to be with you. Could you tell me a little bit about your position? So, so my position is field crop sustainability specialist, but really I work uh, mainly with organic amendments. So that would be manure, biosolids, organic fertilizers. So a whole bunch of different products and more of them that are coming from urban sources right now. And looking at it with both a nutrient lens, but also a soil health and environmental lens. Okay. So kind of covering the gamut of what we're applying to fields, but also what will happen to them over the course of their, their existence. Yes. Trying oh. to maximize how you, how farmers can get the, the maximum number of nutrients, can get the best soil health benefits, but looking at some of the, how do the nutrients work and what are the risks for the environment? That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, because a lot of organic amendments are, they're great sources of nutrients, but their their levels can be a little bit difficult to balance if you're going for, say, nitrogen over phosphorus or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So we'll talk a little bit about spring manure management. It's early February, but it's never too soon to start thinking about this. What are the major things farmers should consider going into a spring nutrient management plan? Well, especially on days like we had on the weekend and and even today where it it really feels like spring. Um, So people get a little bit antsy and they say, oh, I can I can get some work done now. So the 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 main risk with putting manure on in winter is if the ground is frozen if the ground has snow cover, then water infiltration is nearly impossible. It doesn't happen. So when we get some some snow melt, usually accompanied with rain, then the water just takes the path of least resistance. And so if we've got any kind of fertilizer, manure, whatever nutrients on top of the surface, or we get erosion where it's it's got high fertility levels in the soil, then there's going to be movement of those nutrients. And even if it's not to a water course, it'll be to the area of the field where all that water ponds. And so you have high nutrient concentration there, but it's not in the areas where you can't really say, oh, I've put this much on my field, so I don't need to put fertilizer on because you don't know actually where it is anymore. So Often in March, farmers will, those days where it's frosty in the morning, it thaws out during the day, freezes again at night. Those are the kind of conditions where farmers will often put manure on wheat because the the freeze-thaw action helps to incorporate those nutrients a little bit. Now, on hilly fields, you still have the risk of some of those nutrients moving if you get a big rainstorm. And, and one of the things that rainfall and water over the winter has been different in different areas, but near London... We've had just in January, somewhere between four and five inches of rain. And some of that was with some pretty heavy snow melt. So then you get a lot of nutrient movement because it didn't go into the soil. So if the the ideal conditions, if it can be applied this time of year and incorporated the same day, that's the best. If it's surface applied and it's those freeze-thaw days, then you want to make sure that it's flat keep away from the parts of the field where if you get a rainstorm, the, the the water creates a river, that kind of thing. 
And then if it's frozen or snow covered and, and uh, there's no infiltration capacity, then stay off. Okay. Is it safe to apply to wet soils like in springtime or is it? <laughs> <laughs> Depends where you are. If you're, if you're on a heavy clay soil, it's, it's going to be muddy. It's not really like, that's why people like to do it in the winter because frozen soils means they can actually travel with, with equipment on it. But from a nutrient and environmental perspective, it's not a good time. So it's, it's two contradicting BMPs in a way. You don't want to do compaction. So you want to be on the field then, but it's, it's better from a big picture perspective. The best time to apply nutrients to fields is when the crops are growing. And that's from the plants can use the nutrients. The microorganisms can convert those nutrients to plant available. You're minimizing losses for like greenhouse gas losses. So there's, there's a lot of benefits to applying it to, to growing crops. And so for most of the province, if you're on sandy or loamy soils, there's quite a bit of manure application that will happen in the spring ahead of corn. Corn is, is one of those crops that uses the nutrients the best. If you're on heavy clay soils, probably that manure would have been applied late fall after, after crop harvest and incorporated, or more and more people are putting wheat into the rotation. And then after wheat harvest, you have the opportunity for, for a little bit higher manure application incorporated with cover crops. So that's for, especially for heavy clay soils, that's the ideal. And then the other, the other thing that makes a difference is if you've got solid manure that has mostly organic nitrogen, which is kind of like a slow release nitrogen, it's going to take time for that nutrient to become available. So fall application actually gives you the best nitrogen contribution for the, the corn crop the following spring compared to putting that same solid manure on in the spring. Where with liquid manure, because so much of it is an ammonium form, which is a quick release form, it's best to put it on in the spring when possible. And so what some people are doing is they'll plant their corn and then they'll put the manure on afterwards. The risk is if you get six weeks of bad weather, then there's a problem. But that doesn't happen too, too often. So farmers will, in some cases, start to put manure on that corn as soon as, soon as it's at two leaf or even it's, as it's just coming out of the ground. So if there is a crop in the ground that is either going to keep growing or like, say it's a cover crop that you were hoping would winter kill or just get taken up before the next crop gets planted, is it easier to apply manure and have it infiltrate at that point? I won't say about infiltration so much. It's more if you've got crop cover there, it's like residue. And so it it slows the movement of water a little bit. If the, the ground's not frozen, then yes, there's definitely more infiltration capacity. But if, if the ground is frozen, the biggest benefit is that it's not going to move as quickly because you've got you've got kind of small dams that are slowing that water. So it depends on how hilly it is. It depends on how much. Like If we get an inch in an hour there's nothing that's going to stop water movement. The best infiltration is still going to have some some, some runoff. Manure storages, I know that winter tends to be a time when they fill up because there's not so much you can do with them. Has that been an issue so much this year so far? Most farms, most farms will have manure storage that there's enough capacity for the winter. And obviously, there's going to be years where it's a late harvest or or where something happens that that's not the case. But then there's a, a series of best management practices that that people follow. The first one would be, do you have a neighbor or somebody that has some extra space in the storage or a satellite storage where it can be taken to so that, that you don't have to put it on ground? 
if it's one of those cases where it's going to overflow, I have no other choice, then the best management option becomes where is the field that's farthest away from water courses or that has the least risk, hopefully a field that's got some some cover like like a forage, alfalfa grasses. But it's if if you can find a satellite storage, that's by far your, your best option. Are there any questions that you regularly get from growers that you'd like to address in a broader forum? Well, I guess the question I get most often is, what is my manure worth? I've got such and such, or I'm getting it from a neighbor, or or I've done this and this, and so what what would be the nutrient value? And and I'm I'm really happy because I think when farmers are are interested in how much nutrients it's providing, then they're utilizing that that manure better than just I'm going to get rid of it as quick as I can. So we do have a manure calculator in AgriSuite. So ideally, we're going to ask people to to have an analysis. So if they're taking manure to the field. That's the best time to take a sample for analysis. But in the meantime, if you're trying to say, okay, what rate should I be applying? What nutrients might I expect? Then we do have that manure calculator. That's a good place to start. And then you, you tend to fine tune with actual analysis. And so in this agri suite, it's called the uh, organic amendment tool. You put in your analysis or you say, here's the livestock type I've got. Here's the dry matter range. I'll just use a database number. And it gives an idea of what is the available nitrogen, phosphorus, potash based on when did I apply it? How quickly did I incorporate it? And then it also, if you've added trace elements like sulfur or magnesium, manganese, zinc, it will give you an idea of how much of that is being added as well. So that's a tool that that a lot of people find handy, especially when they're trying to figure out, okay, what, what might my organic amendment contribute to the field? You said that you're getting more nutrient sources from urban areas. What would that look like? Well, there's so there's uh, there's a lot of green bin programs. So you've got Hamilton and Guelph that have green bin programs. You've got Peel Region that has. So they've got composting programs, but they also have anaerobic digesters. And so they're two different sources. The anaerobic digestate is generally a liquid where the compost is a solid. So so you've got organic matter rich versus nutrient rich. They take different management practices, but the urban facilities don't have, they have no place to spread it. So they, they're looking for farms, like satellite storages where they can take some of this digested, especially during the winter months, or they're looking for fields, farm fields relatively close by. Same with the compost where it can be applied. Now with the compost, it's mostly going to sod companies and landscape companies, but there are some sources that are available to farms as well. Then the other one you've got is biosolid pellets. So that's biosolids that have been processed either into pellets or in some cases into a liquid product called Listergrow. And so those are also available as fertilizer sources. And they've they've got a fertilizer tag on them. So you don't need a, a nutrient management plan to apply them or a NASM plan. So that's that's been something that a lot of crop farmers tend to go to for a source of organic um, nutrients. Now, if if farmers want to connect with one of the municipal digester programs, is that something that they can do themselves or is there kind of a process for that? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I think it's it's more of an issue when they're first being established and they're looking for places. So examples would be, I think it might have a different name now, but BioN at Elmira or Storm Fisher in London and so they, they'll sometimes ask around to farmers and say, do you know anybody that's got a storage or that might be interested? So it's more word of mouth. 
Well, another example of that, London just started a green bin program. And so the compost is being processed at Convertus. And so they are actually looking for farmers that are interested in taking that material. Oh. So there are there are facilities where, especially when they're just expanding a program or they've got a program where they're looking at it. But generally, organic amendments from urban sources, the companies that like LaSalle Agra for biosolids pellets or Violio, they're at trade shows looking for people that might be interested. So it's word of mouth in a lot of cases. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To hear more great research and perspectives from industry experts, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts or catch up on past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.